when I was first launching my co-hosting and property management business, I took on some clients that were not a good fit for me. And I'm very much one that's particular about aesthetic. So if you look at my portfolio, I have all updated, modernized properties. They're not, I mean, luxury by any stretch of the imagination, but they're not outdated. I mean, that is a requirement that, that I have. And for a while, that was my only requirement. So if your property fit in to our business model, awesome sauce. You are in, let's do it. What I realized though, the property might fit into my portfolio really well, but the owner did not. So I think that that's really important for you to take a look at as you are, again, co-hosting or managing for other people. You not only have to vet the property and make sure it's one that you feel good about, about having in your portfolio, but you also need to have some in-depth conversation with your potential owners and make sure, again, they're aligned with your way of working, uh, with your expectation, what the do's and the don'ts are, especially when you're co-hosting someone who has self-managed in the past. Welcome to Short-Term Rental Solutions, a show for hosts and property managers looking to overcome obstacles, maximize revenue, and optimize their short-term rental business by learning from the innovators who are designing the solutions that are shaping our industry. Hey everybody, welcome back to this week's episode of Short-Term Rental Solutions. Today, we are going to be talking with Stacey St. John. Her story is fascinating and definitely worth taking a listen to because she's made the interesting transition of going from an owner that had her properties with a property management company to developing the um, knowledge base that she needed to begin self-managing her properties. And now she's at a place where she helps others and does property management. So I think that that's something that a lot of people are curious about and wondering if maybe they could do the same thing. And so Stacey is going to share some of that journey with us. And I can't wait to have this conversation. So Stacey, thank you so much for being on the show with me today. Oh my gosh, it is such a pleasure to be here. And I just so appreciate you having me. Yeah, absolutely. This is, you know what, this podcast, it's such a, a joy to do, but it's also like so self-fulfilling because I learned so much from all of the guests that we have on the show. And I really feel fortunate to be sitting in this seat and getting the chance to have these conversations. So it really is amazing. Why don't you take just a second and introduce yourself? Uh, give us a little idea of how you found yourself investing in real estate and in short-term rentals, and then we'll just take it from there. Okay, so how I found myself investing in real estate was quite a not-so-great beginning, shall we say. I actually purchased a property for my son to live in in Orlando, Florida, as he was going to uh, move there to go to college. And the college that he was attending does not offer any campus housing. So my husband had the idea, hey, instead of, you know, throwing money away in rent, let's go ahead and just purchase the property and then we can use that as an investment. I'll give you the very short version of the story. 
Uh, so we purchased a condo down there and a couple weeks after we closed, our son sat us down and he was like, mom, dad, I'm not quite ready to move. So I decided I'm going to do their online program instead of in person. And we said a few choice words and in the beginning, and we very quickly put a plan in place to get a property manager and rent out that property. And that property was a long-term rental. And a couple of months down the road, I started realizing like, wait, we're actually like making money at this thing. We should actually learn how to invest in real estate. So I did just a lot of self-study on how to invest in real estate with investing in long-term rentals until COVID hit. And when COVID hit, there are all these eviction moratoriums popping up. And I was actually finishing a flip. I had gotten my real estate license to support our investing. And my husband and I kind of sat down one night and started talking about the fact that if we went and purchased another long-term rental at the time, if our, if our tenants didn't pay, we had no recourse as a landlord. And so we decided, well, let's give the short-term rental thing a whirl. Let's buy a short-term rental because at least someone has to give us money in advance in order to get the keys to the front door. And that was our, you know, initial uh, pivot into the short-term rental space. Obviously, little did I know, I would absolutely fall in love with it. My entire life has changed because of it and I would never look back. I, I absolutely agree. And so much of your story resonates with me. You know, Stacy and I have had a chance to cross paths numerous times at various events and whatnot. And it, it really is fantastic to kind of get a chance to hang out with such a kindred spirit. So I absolutely get where you're coming from. And one of the things that's interesting about you that I think a lot of people are curious about is that you actually invest remotely. You don't solely invest in properties that are located right near you. I actually don't own any properties right near me, but I live in. So yeah, so the vast majority of my portfolio is 10 hours away from me. And, you know, from the get-go, we really had to be strategic about how we set up our business, our short-term rental business. So, you know, I actually look at that as a blessing because since I focused on building out the system, the processes, the technology, the people that I needed in order to really execute well, I, I feel like I've saved myself from a lot of intense growing pains that I see a lot of people going through. Because what unfortunately happens a lot is that people start investing in short-term rental and they don't treat it like a business. They kind of treat it like a side hustle. And they try to bootstrap things and do a lot of stuff themselves. And I mean, I am here not to say anyone is doing something uh, wrong. But for me, I wanted to really focus on setting up a business that could operate itself with a team and then allow me to just oversee the business. And so that's the model that I put in place. Then again, um, Gary very blessed to have amazing people around me that I, I couldn't do what I do without them. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, what, take us on that journey of, you know, 
finally feeling confident enough to let your property manager go. Yeah. Well, that was quite an interesting thing. So we purchased uh, two short-term rentals at the same time in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. We flew down there to buy one property and we bought two. Uh, because I felt, I was like, oh my gosh, I can be on the ocean and like for a hundred grand, like that's crazy. Let's just buy a few. If only I would have known what the real estate market was going to do. I would have bought every condo no demand in Myrtle Beach because I would be a bazillionaire at this point, but I didn't. So we purchased two short-term rentals, had them with a property manager. We were buying ugly properties and rehabbing them, which I loved. And so we had purchased a third property. Uh, we had to rehab that. And, you know, I noticed from the start that my property manager said all the right things when we hired her or hired their company. And early on, it was really, I felt good. I felt really good about my decision. I felt like, I had resources around me because I was brand spanking new. But every time I went and visited my property, I always share with people, like I would have smoke coming out of my ears. If I was like, what is going on? I spent my blood, sweat, and money rehabbing this property. And why is my area rug like, crumbled up in a ball in the closet. Why do I open up my drawers and find dirty band-aids in the drawers? I mean, just little things that should not be occurring. And I started having conversations with my property manager. I'm very much of the mindset that you have to share feedback early and often as you're leading a team, right? But also I learned very early on in the corporate world, you also have to manage up. And so that's what I was trying to do. I was trying to get a job. And the feedback that I was receiving from my property manager was that I was just expecting too much. That, you know, it is unreasonable to ask that there be a second set of eyes for cleanliness. That it's just not feasible. You're, you know, you're just expecting too much, Stacey. And I'm... I didn't really subscribe to that mindset, but when that feedback st first started coming to me, I kept thinking like, okay, I need to figure out a way to fix this. I don't know how I'm going to fix it yet, but I, I need to figure out a way. So long story short, we had multiple visits where these similar things were happening. And so actually with Bill Faith, I just on a, a phone call with him one time and he was like, Stacey, you need to just manage on your own. And I was like, Bill, like I'm working full time. I have a very busy corporate job. I, I don't have time for this. And I went to bed that night and it just really soaked in with me. Like, okay, other people are figuring it out. I need to figure it out too. So I'm going to, again, try to give you the, the short version of the story. I started, I decided very strategically that we would separate from our property manager. And quite candidly, uh, we got out of our contract early. And I think she would equally as excited to get rid of me. We played, I wasn't going to be calling her and, you know, again, asking questions and digging into things. There was also a lack of transparency in my reporting. You know, I would get my statement every month and I would see charges and ask about them. And 
again, she shared with me that the level of transparency that I was asking for was not able to be delivered, which raised some red flags, you know? So I started self-managing and from the start, I got a co-host. So I've, I've never done everything on my own. I have always, again, structured it so that I have the right resources around me. I found an amazing co-host and she still is with me today. Her role has shifted because uh, now our business has evolved. But, you know, again, I think that really speaks volumes to finding the right people to work alongside you, empowering them to do their jobs, being a good leader and removing roadblocks for your people. But, it, you know, again, our, our whole business has has changed ever since the day that that separation took place from my property manager. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I love this concept of realizing that there's a gap between what your expectations are and what you're receiving. And I hope as people are listening to this, at least, you know, what I imagine the thought process can be is, you know, if I plan on ever helping or serving other owners, this is Stacy sharing what her perspective was as an owner. These are the things that can breed, you know, dissatisfaction or discontent with the people that you're managing for. It's this lack of transparency. It's minimizing the feedback that you get from your owners and, you know, not taking that feedback and finding ways to improve the operations of your business mm -hmm. to provide a high quality service. You know, we talk a lot in the industry about saturation in markets which is, you know, a whole other conversation we could have for another show. But, you know, there are a lot of experienced, excellent hosts who are looking at transitioning into co-hosting and property management. So when we look at the competition landscape for that, you know, you may find yourself in a market where there's lots of hosts who are now like, hey, I'll manage your property. Hey, I'll co-host your property. So just like we have the conversation of how can we set our, our properties apart from other properties, if we intend to transition to co-hosting and property management, what can you offer prospective owners that will set your services apart from all the other people who are wanting to get in the space and do that in your market as well? And so, you know, thank you for sharing what you experienced and how that led to a transition because that's kind of a cautionary tale for us, right? Absolutely. And I also think too, it's really important, even if you don't have the the vision right now that you will end up managing for someone else that that you want to become a co-host, I think it's really important to remember that not every host or property manager is the right fit for every owner. And that's what I learned is that, you know, I still refer business to my former property manager. We still keep in touch. What I figured out is that her target audience was different than who I was. I was expecting a, and wanted a different level of service that she wasn't in a position to be able to supply. That doesn't make her a bad person. It doesn't mean she you know, is running a bad business. It just means it's not the right fit for me. And so I think what a lot of people do is they, they kind of sit in this life is happening to me uh, bubble where 
I'm just frustrated. I don't know what to do. And then they just don't do anything. And so I really want to encourage your listeners that they're even frustrated with their co-host or property manager or whatever the case might be. You deserve to have everything you want. And so I just challenge you to go out, do your due diligence, interview people, talk to people and find the right fit for you because I guarantee you they're out there. Yeah. Well, and I'm going to extend that thought even further. Don't settle for awful cleaners. Like if you have, if you have cleaners and maintenance, don't feel so over a barrel with who you're working with that you're settling for someone who's providing less than the standard that you want for your business. There are people who are willing to do a great job and you need to find them. So yeah, don't settle in any way, shape or form for your business. Make sure that, you know, if you're hosting yourself or co-hosting or property managing, make sure that you are committed to executing at the level that is right for you. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I think the other thing also about not settling for cleaners who <laughs> are bad, um, that's horrible to say. And again, I don't mean to like sound like I'm saying that someone's a bad person. It's just I have a certain level of expectation for cleanliness. And when you're looking for cleaners, I would say one of the biggest things that I've discovered is making sure that I've got the right people first. I can train the right people on my expectation. I can train the right people on my ways of working or process or communication style. If someone does not align with the core values that I subscribe to and that are aligned under my business, it's never going to work. So as you, again, are looking for the right team members, whether you're just self-managing or looking to co-host or property manage, make sure you've got the right people in the right seat. You can, when, when those two elements are in place, you can train them. Yep. Okay. So now here you are, you've gone from an owner, made the leap. Now you're managing your own property with the support of this co-host. What are the things that that co-host person is doing for you? I'm imagining like maybe guest messaging or what, what was the... Well, or, so when we first started working together, she took care of the front of the house. I took care of the back of the house. So she was guest facing. I was the go-to if there's an issue. Hey, we need to get HVAC in here. We need to get a plumber in here. We need to get an electrician in here. I, I coordinated all of that. So we shared responsibility. Well, this really is full circle. It, it's come full circle. And what happened was I, because she's fabulous, I started having people come to me saying, we manage my property. Like your calendar is full and mine is not like, can you help me out here? And in the state of South Carolina, in order to, to manage um, other people's properties, you need to be either a licensed real estate agent or a licensed property manager. I'm a licensed real estate agent in Ohio, and I uh, got my license to become a licensed property manager in the state of South Carolina. So then what happened was, you know, we were growing so rapidly poor thing. She, you know, I realized like, okay, 
we need to get rid of this. She is super busy. I hired a team of virtual assistants. So I have a 24-7 team of virtual assistants that are now front of the house. And of course, we we take care of back of the house as well. We've got for our for our full service property management, we've got, you know, uh, maintenance folks and cleaning teams and all that kind of fun stuff. And my original co-host uh, still serves as an advisor and a leader to that team. She still takes care of revenue management for me. So she is very much still integrated into my business. And I couldn't do what I do without her, right? I, I say not about all my people. Again, it's about finding the right people and, and being a good leader for them. So I'm curious, what do you feel like are some of the mistakes that you made along the way? Because there's often great lessons in, in when we, you know, stumble or have a little hiccup. What, 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 were, what advice or what things have you learned that could potentially help someone? Well, I think a couple of things come to mind right off the bat. I, when I was first launching my co-hosting and property management business, I took on some clients that were not a good fit for me. And I'm very much one that's particular about aesthetics. So if you look at my portfolio, I have all updated, modernized properties. They're not, I mean, luxury by any stretch of the imagination, but they're not outdated. I mean, that is a requirement that, that I have. And for a while, that was my only requirement. So if your property fit in to our business model, awesome sauce. You are in, let's do it. What I realized though, the property might fit into my portfolio really well, but the owner did not. So I think that that's really important for you to take a look at as you are, again, co-hosting or managing for other people. You not only have to vet the property and make sure it's one that you feel good about, about having in your portfolio, but you also need to have some in-depth conversation with your potential owners and make sure, again, they're aligned with your way of working, uh, with your expectation, what the do's and the don'ts are, especially when you're co-hosting someone who has self-managed in the past. Okay. So what are, what are some of the things that crop up in there? Like, oh gosh. Well, at the risk of not naming names, I did have uh, someone who had been self-managing and this person wanted to no longer self-manage. And so we took on their property and she decided even though it's in my uh, agreement that we have full control over the listing, that they can no longer go in and make adjustments to the listing. We duplicated her listing. So it was with it because she was a full service property management client. Long story short, she ended up opening her calendar back up on her original Airbnb listing, which means she booked guests at the same time we booked guests. So again, in that scenario, it what it ended up okay. We found a solution, but that was a little bit of a nightmare train wreck that was that was waiting to happen. And 
you know, looking back on that scenario, she did it one time. And I warned her that that was absolutely not okay and warned her about the ramification of what could happen. And she did it again. Mm. And so, you know, it, that's when you know you've got the wrong person. You just don't have a person that's aligned with the way you do business. So I had to, you know, separate from working with that client because I can't, I can't have a client that I don't trust. I have to be able to trust my client. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm also curious, what are some of the things that you utilize in your business apart from the people, right? We've talked about you've got an amazing team of remote workers that are supporting you. And you've got, you know, your original co-host who has, you know, grown and evolved within the business that you guys have created. But what are some of the other things that you feel are kind of essential to the success of your business? Yeah, uh, a couple of different things. Still along the people lines, I have uh, inspectors that I utilize for my properties. And they are an essential part of the equation. Uh to make sure, again, that we have, you know, properties that are ready for a guest to walk in and have an amazing experience. So I'm going to stop you right there because I think there are a lot of people who hear, oh, you know, you should have quality control. But what, like, what do you ask your quality control people to do? And how long are they typically at, at a property when they're doing a QC check? Right. Well, it, well, it depends. Uh, we, uh, so they have a whole checklist by property with reference photos. So not only are they checking the cleanliness, like they will go through and they'll put their hands on the countertops to make sure that they're clean. They will, uh, sell silly, but they will peel back the, uh, bedding to make sure that there's no stains on the sheets, that there's no hairs on the sheets. They carry around lint rollers and tweezers to make sure that there are no of, you know, fuzz on the towels. They obviously make sure that the essentials are left out, meaning, you know, are the dishwasher pods replenished? Are the, the soap dispensers full or the salt and pepper shakers full? They, for my properties, I own and manage in Hawking Hills, Ohio, which is very much a rural mountainous location. And, you know, they're making sure that the bugs are all swept off the porches before the guests arrive. You know, they are, they're checking again to make sure that obviously the cleaners have done an excellent job, but preparing the home for the property for the guest. Uh, they're also alerting us of the issues that could have arisen between the time that the cleaner was there and the guest is arriving. So a very real example, just recently in one of my condos in Myrtle Beach, this time of year, not a whole lot of people are taking family vacations at the beach. And so we don't have same day turnovers quite often in the month of December. Okay. Well, our cleaner, you know, went to clean on a Monday. We've got a guest checking in on Thursday. Our inspector went and there had been an issue with the, the condo up above. And there was, you know, part of the ceiling had fallen in. So little things like that, just making sure, again, the cleaner didn't do anything wrong. The guests would have walked in to a property with, you know, ceiling particles all over the floor. And so I think, you know, it's obviously making sure that the property is, is well cleaned. 
and giving the cleaners feedback. Okay. So my inspectors also do that. They also fill out a checklist. They report any maintenance issues. My uh, inspectors are an integral part of my business. So definitely couldn't get along without them. No. I mean, I would. I could, but my readings wouldn't be up good. Well, and it's just peace of mind. It, you know, especially I think that that is part of one of the keys to remotely managing. It mm -hmm. is, you know, that second layer to ensure that things are just exactly the way that they need to be by the time that guests arrive. So just before we, you know, wrap up, I'm curious, I want to pick your brain. When you look at the coming year, 2024, and, you know, what is your gut or what are you excited about or kind of what are your thoughts and where you think you see our industry going? Yeah, you know, it's interesting that you asked that. I'm never one that, I don't know about you, but I don't have a crystal ball sitting on my desk. I do know that there are a lot of people that are being impacted by the tremendous growth of our industry. It would just amazing, right? But the fact of the matter is, is there are 50% more listings online today than there were a year ago. And so I think it is even more important now to increase the level of professionalism in the way that you operate your short-term rental business, meaning from your guest experience, from your design and decor, from the way that you communicate with your guests. That is going to be, in my opinion, tremendously important if you want to succeed and continue to thrive. I also think, unfortunately, there have um, been people that have purchased short-term rentals maybe without really understand what they, understanding what they were getting into. And I think that there are opportunities both for short-term rental owners right now to potentially sell their properties creatively. I think there are opportunities for investors to buy properties creatively, to create solutions that are maybe outside of the traditional MLS scenario where, you know, a win-win occurrence can still happen. Because I think a lot of people are, again, feeling not so encouraged about what they're seeing from a numbers perspective and, and thinking, oh my gosh, I just paid a boatload of money for that property and it's not even cash flowing. Yeah. Um, I also, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say that's a really scary position to be in and so okay. stressful. It is. And I also would love to challenge all of our real estate agents out there. Again, I'm a real estate agent, so I feel like I'm allowed to say that. But so many of the real estate agents that are, that are selling short-term rentals, I believe are doing their clients a disservice unless they make a concerted effort to really understand our industry before they advise their clients. It's totally great, of course, to invite the client on a piece of real estate and, and be able to share, you know, hey, this is a four-bedroom house and it's got 2,700 square feet. But if you're going to be providing advice on the performance of a short-term rental, I would challenge real estate agents to learn the art of analyzing a deal, understanding and analyzing a market, 
so that they can be better stewards of information for their clients. Yeah, that is a fantastic piece of advice. So Stacy, I mean, we've, we've kind of talked through this journey that you've had going from just being an owner to a host, now a property manager, but you've actually taken another step. Tell us what you're doing now to help other people. Well, I tell you, you know, when I first started out, I started building a community around me from the, from the get-go. And, and now I have a Facebook group full of 51,000 women who eat, sleep, breathe, and talk short-term rentals every day. It is absolutely so rewarding and refreshing to be able to serve and support that community. So now I get to coach other people on, you know, whether it's buying a short-term rental or how to host or how to co-host or, you know, how to run a business. But coming up at the end of January, we have our third annual short-term rental virtual summit for women. And it's three days of incredible education. It's kind of like drinking from a fire hose uh, for three days, but amazing networking, you know, making connections, not only with fellow hosts, but investors and service providers. And it's something, again, I've done three years now, and it is one of the most rewarding things I do all year. Yep. Yep. And I'm going to kind of chime in to kind of toot your horn as well. It's an amazing resource. And, you know, it's hard sometimes when there is so many fantastic conferences, but it's like, you got to take off work. You've got to buy a plane ticket. You've got to get accommodations, you know, it's great to just be able to flip open the laptop and in your jammies in the living room or wherever and tune in and get educated. So, and you've got a tremendous lineup of all kinds of uh, amazing education for, you know, people that are going to be attending your conference. Yeah. So kudos yeah. for that. Happy to help spread the word. And I think that you are going to provide us like a coupon code or a discount that people who listen to the show can take advantage of. Absolutely. I, I was going to say, just check out the show notes. I was still folks yep, we'll about the show notes and we'll get you a special link. You know, at the end of the day, my goal is just to have the ability to help someone on their journey, right? And whether you get that from our first session out of the gate is the North American Director of Field Operations for Airbnb. She's kicking off the whole summit. We've got all kinds of folks talking about all different things from, you know, eco-friendly to pet-friendly to, you know, building a business that revolves around your life. I'm not going to bore you with the entire agenda. But I think what the, my, my goal is that someone can go and whether they attend one session or all of them, they're impacted and helped, right? Yep. That's, that's my ultimate goal. Well, and hey, I mean, it's virtual. So if there's a guy out there listening, can you just buy a ticket and Wait. log in as John can log in as Jane? <laughs> you can strap on some eyeliners and no, we actually did have a couple of guys last year who purchased tickets. We do not discriminate. So that, you know, I absolutely have a community for women. My community, we do actually look to save your request to join. And we do only allow women in the Facebook group. But yeah, guys, you're welcome to come hang out with the girls. Most, a lot of the content will be focused on women. So you might be a little bit bored. But invite your spouse, invite your girlfriend, invite your daughter to join you and be a part of that, be a part of that education along with you. 
That's amazing. That's amazing. Okay, everybody, make sure you check out that link to the uh, virtual summit that Stacy's going to be putting on. Uh, tell us the dates of that. January 23rd, 24th, and 25th of 2024. And the summit will remain open for two full weeks. So even if you can't attend live, you can log in for two weeks following, watch any of the replays. If any of your listeners want lifetime access to all the recordings, that is an upgrade option uh, when they when they go through that checkout. But anyway, slice it. They can consume the content on their on their schedule. It's going to be amazing. All right, Stacey, we'll make sure we put in the show notes all the ways that you can find Stacey. She, she's got so much going on. She's doing so much to help and lift not only women, but really just help the industry grow and level up all the way around. So thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. It was so fun. Yeah, absolutely. And hey, I'll just close with a little word here. If you are looking to find the right resources, companies, service providers for your business, be sure to check out STR Hub. We're always adding new content and new resources. So happy to help you in any way that we can. So thank you for joining us and be sure to tune in next time when we have our next conversation with the innovators who are designing the solutions that are shaping our industry. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button. And if you could spare a moment, please leave the show a quick review. Your review helps us help more hosts and property managers like yourself. By the way, if you're a realtor, lender, bookkeeper, accountant, interior designer, or other professional who specializes in serving the short-term rental industry, we need to get you listed on STR Hub and start spreading the word about your services. So reach out to me via email, christiane at strhub.com. Thanks again for listening and be sure to join me next time to catch my latest conversation with the innovators designing the solutions that are shaping our industry.